This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and if this is your first Geekscape, what I like to do is talk pop culture with all sorts of people, from filmmakers to video game designers to actors to writers, and sometimes I like to sit down and do a deep dive into a big event. Maybe it's a new Star Wars movie or a new MCU film, or in the case of uh, this episode, we're going to be talking The Mandalorian, the new streaming series from uh, Disney+, and... It's, I mean, everybody's been talking about this thing for about two months since Disney Plus launched, and they should because I loved it. A lot of people loved it, and um, I've got Ian Kerner here to go through every little detail, including some of your questions, regarding The Mandalorian. So this is my spoiler warning. There's going to be tons of spoilers on this episode. So if you've not watched or finished The Mandalorian on Disney Plus you're going to want to switch this thing off and go finish it because it's highly recommended by me. Um, Ian, this is not a movie, so you and I have long since admitted to each other that we love the thing. Yeah, though we did not discuss the last episode. I, I don't think that we discussed um, we have, we've too actually, many of the Yeah, we've of, actually of never sat down and really discussed a detail, just mm-hmm. a general. Uh-uh. You, know? You, you know my you, thoughts on a couple of them because yeah, we, we text you, back You and started forth. a little late. I started a little late. And then I, because you went and you went to Costa Rica for your, no, uh, we went to Cabo, yeah, to Cabo for your holiday. Um, I caught up, and then I started teasing you, yeah, that I was going to start posting f- spoilers. Yes, yes. Especially when Favreau came out upon the release of this sixth episode or the eighth episode and said, "Hey, season two is coming yeah. as quickly as the fall." Do you think that's going to hold that fall? Yeah, they're already well into production on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. so stoked for this. Yeah, it's happening. Um, Where do you want to start on the Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah. For the record, you can't get watch Disney Plus in Mexico. Oh, so I, believe me, I tried. <laughs> wow. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry about that. You weren't able to see Noel that movie with uh, Bill Hader and. <laughs> well, I didn't have time for anything else, but I was trying to watch this episode. You were trying to watch High School Musical. You know. Yeah, you know, it, it, it dropped, and I, I didn't get back till Saturday night. So uh, before Thanksgiving, before I got. I, and I remember a week before Thanksgiving saying Thanksgiving is when I'm getting Disney Plus because that's when I'm going to get the time to watch Disney Plus. And uh, my guest, Chris Mancini, on that episode said it's really The Mandalorian and nothing else. But I got to tell you, uh, I I watched some Runaways, okay. which I'm also watching on right. Hulu because yeah. uh, I ran through a race through season one. Mm-hmm. Um, it really got me to. I mean, if it, if this is their plan, and it is totally their plan. They're getting me to rewatch the Runaway stuff, mm-hmm. pick back up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., cool. and then, since we're going to talk about it on this episode pretty heavily, is going back and watching, which I never watched originally, Clone Wars. And, and uh, D- Dash My Steps and hasn't watched them yet, and I figured... In Star uh, Wars Rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I said, oh, you want to go and watch without me? He's like, no, no, I want to watch with you, so I'm about to rewatch them. 
Okay. You know, why well, yeah. I, you know, he's 10, so he'd seen the recent Star Wars movies, so we started over, we started with, with episode four, and we rewatched. So we did four, five, six, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Then we rewatched the ones that he had seen already. And when, when people discuss the viewing order of Star Wars and, you know, you got to watch this one, then that one, no, 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 no. Just watch them upon release order. Right. And experience them like everybody else did. Exactly. You're going to get the same <gasps> and yeah. that we all had to do, well, depending the, the, on what the, you're the watching. The prequels, I mean, yes, Lucas designed them to work to watch them, one, two, three, four, five, six, but they don't have the same feeling if you've never seen four, five, and six when you watch one, two, and right. three. The investment's wrong, and I... And I think that the, the lack of investment also is something that's an analysis of the prequels and a shortcoming of the prequels that they didn't create a through line that wasn't just dependent on 4, 5, 6. If you would have really boned up your protagonist in Obi-Wan and had a very clear uh, storyline, I think that you could have made 1, 2, and 3 anything and it would the clean storytelling would have carried the investment whether or not you'd seen 4, 5, or 6 or not. Yeah. Which... I don't want to spoil the new Star Wars movie if you haven't seen it, the J.J. Abrams um, Rise of Skywalker. We did well, do that episode. Yeah, it's, it's late in the game. It's late in the game, it, but. but we did do that episode last week where we put it up on the feed. So if you have not seen Rise of Skywalker, we're going to try and skirt around some of the spoilers. Um, There's a few things to but, say relative to two things. I mean, I think the biggest thing is... Well, well, last, well, just letting you guys know, that is up on the feed. So go, yeah, yeah. go listen to all the spoilerific Rise, yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker you want in the Rise the, of Skywalker This special. isn't really a spoiler for Rise of Skywalker, but you know, I, I think it goes without saying, though I'm going to say it, um, the biggest problem with this latest trilogy is lacking a clear, consistent, creative vision. Yes. Um, you know, when you look at the Marvel movies, and, and, and they don't, they're not as clear as one might think, or some people would say... But generally, Feige, you know, does come up with some things that are a bit of a vision. You know, certainly the last couple of years, there was definitely something leading somewhere. It wasn't mm-hmm. always the case. Yeah, but you look, um, look at those first four or five that were coming out when they were still yeah, in Paramount. Yeah, they were their own thing. They're all leading little, to the Avengers, though. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was even cohesive. Yeah, that was. But for a bit there, it was a little bit, you know, you know, there's definitely a lot of threads didn't get picked up and things like that. And I think what I was saying earlier, and we'll get back to this point that you're making, um, with the prequels, the comparison of the prequels is those three films would have stood alone with a very clear protagonist, a very clean storyline. That but, is proven here in The Mandalorian with a very clear protagonist yes, and a very clean yes. storyline. Well, well, but, but, but that is the difference between episodic and features. You can do okay. that in features, too. You can. You just, you need, can. To, you well, just need to here's the thing. not write them as you go. The prequels are clear. It's not that engaging, but it's very clear. They start right. off to tell a story, and they tell that story. And, you know, he, the prequels are just fully set up to, to do exactly that, to show us how we got there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they tell, you know, there's a through line, you know, from the get go, it's Anakin meeting Padme and they're, you know, doomed love and the twins coming to be and, you know, the Republic falling and the Empire rising, right? So that that's clear there. I think these most recent movies are a little bit all over the place, you know, lacking that creative vision, you know? Um, what's interesting to me about The Mandalorian is, all right, it's set. And let's get into it. It's set five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, there's definitely talk in terms of season two and future seasons that I think we will start to see other characters, which is maybe not other characters from yeah. you know from maybe the, not the Skywalker ideal, saga. But... Maybe not. I mean, I have mixed feelings about that. Sure. I, the fanboy in me is going to love it, but I definitely can go with. Or right, maybe it would have been cool not to do that. It contracts know? this universe. Yeah. 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 So, you know, um, and, and while I'm, I'm sure we're going to speak heavily about the finale, and generally this, is, this podcast is to talk about the whole show. So, you know, we'll, we, since we haven't done that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move around it a bit. Um, I think that overall, really good, really solid. couple episodes, a little slower than others. Um, four and five in yes. particular. Well, um, four yeah. is by far... The slow one. Um, but I mean, I never don't like the show. No, I loved every bit you of know? it. Um, just episode four just has that, that 
it felt like that 70s thing. It's like that second episode of Farscape when he's stuck. Yes, and that's what, I, and that's what I immediately compared it to yeah. was that it felt like an expensive which, 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 And that reminded episode. me of the Battlestar Galactic, the original series right. episode, you know, where uh, you know, Apollo gets stuck on the planet. It was, like, it was like the same thing. Well, a couple of things had to happen in episode four that, that were necessary to yeah. expand the universe. I agree. But, but no, they, but there's they, a lot of character they, stuff that happened. But they detracted from, I mean, they kind of delineated from what was the strength of the first three episodes, which is you're just following this protagonist in a samurai western mm-hmm. doing his job. And you are with him, and the silent filmmaking was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, when he realizes in episode three, which is still one of the high points of the series, um, yeah, although I love episode eight, um, when he goes back to his ship, mm-hmm. having delivered Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. and he gets back to the child. When right. he goes back to the ship, and he realizes that he needs to probably break with the Bounty Hunter Guild and get the, the child back, because there are bigger things at play, and if there's one thing he hates, it's the Empire, and that they're up to no good, right. and he gets back, and he actually has some emotion, which he's been not mm-hmm. showing the mm-hmm. first two episodes, and he sees that the little bobble's gone from, <laughs> from the control panel. That's amazing silent filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, that episode is just... The, the end of that episode is just balls. When all, all the man awesome Lawrence come action. out, yeah, it's, it's so fun. It's what everybody yeah. wanted to play with when they got their action figures. Exactly. But then you get into episode four. and By the way, particularly the jetpack stuff. The like, jetpack stuff You always like, felt awesome. robbed, in, definitely in Jedi, and yeah. even to some extent, you got a little bit of it with Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. You know, in episode two, but still, you wanted more of that jetpack action. You totally wanted the jetpack action. I was screaming at episode eight when you totally got the jetpack action. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Um, yeah. So, in episode four, you needed the necessary addition of characters. You needed in that, but that brought in dialogue, that brought in some kind of a softening to that focus mm-hmm. of, of him as like a singular protagonist and his goal. He became a little less clear. And he started making a lot more mistakes that mm-hmm. kind of continue into episode five, mm-hmm. six, in which he trusts the wrong people, and seven. Well, I, I'd argue whether did he trust the wrong people, or I think he had his eyes open the entire time. It's just the circumstances of circumstances. It's not an ideal situation to be not in. Not an ideal situation, happens, you know? but he turns his back, and they kick his ass into a cell, yeah. and then they <laughs> leave him there. <laughs> but then, then comes back, right? Yeah, I love it. And start doing that, all that Batman shit. Okay, major strength for me is that, especially in seven and eight, there. In you can obviously bring that back to episode, seven and eight or just seven and eight are a great two parter. Yeah, but, but I'm saying six. Six to me, I mean, literally, once you get to episode six, it's like wow, six was was my favorite episode. Then seven, wow, seven was my favorite episode. Then eight, okay, forget it. Yeah, you know, what like. I, this series it has a bit of uh, it really starts the engine running on episode one especially when you see Baby Yoda and you have the IG unit introduced and that IG unit's going to be huge in 7-8 but it had it had an overarching plot throughout eight episodes right. but it still really delivered on the episode of the week it yes. really delivered on the mission or the yes. monster of the week well, well you know what's interesting about it is it's called The Mandalorian but the show's at its strongest with the team up stuff I love episode three and that's a lot of the solo stuff. Okay. And I and I love, yeah. No, I'm with you. And I love the team up stuff. You don't get the team up stuff without episode four. Is what the bonus right. I'm going to give to episode four. Right. Even though it looked like a really expensive well, Star Trek episode. E- even right away in episode, like episode one, four. you know, when he teams up with IG Eleven, it starts getting mm-hmm. interesting, right? Yeah. You know, and you're shocked when he blows IG 11s You know, you know, puts the hole in his mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like they keep going through characters. You're like, oh, that character's not lasting. Oh, you know, like. But that's sort of what I loved that, you know, that then when it, when it comes back together, you know, first you get episode six with this whole other team that doesn't last, nope. you know. And, and a lot of people cried that, all right, as I said, I made my Batman comic because once he gets out of the cell after they've locked him in there, he's taking him out. It's so Batman, like he's coming out of nowhere, right? Yeah, I love that he's um, just picking them off. Yeah, and, and you think, and you're really positive, all right, he's killed them. And he does, and a lot of people I knew were like, oh, it's such a Disney ending. I was like, yeah, but it's just because it sets it up to bring him back. Yeah, because those ne- characters were awesome, and I love the introduction of a rose gallery. Yeah, and I also love the treatment that Filoni and Favreau had of casting comedians in all these roles. Yeah, you know, from Horatio Sands in that first episode mm-hmm. to in that one, Bill Burr as a, a as a as yeah. the guy who puts the team together, who's kind of a, 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 a I mean, would you call him like a a train robber, right? Which is kind yeah, of like sorry. a train robbery episode. Yeah. Um, 
I love the use of comedians yeah, in non-comedic oh, it's, roles. It's, what's his name um, in uh, episode eight? It was a total tag and bank thing. Mm-hmm. The two stormtroopers. Yeah, those were the SNL guys. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis, that's who it was. It, yeah. I loved it. That was great. It, I, it made you, me think of Red, and, you remember, Red versus Blue. Have you ever seen Red versus Blue, the Halo machine? No, no. It was like the beginning of Machinima. Well, do you remember, it was totally those kind of discourses. Do you remember Tag and Banker Dead? Of course. Kevin that, Rubio. Yeah, that was totally Tag and Banker Dead, wasn't yes, it? Yes, and people were saying that so much that Kevin had to just post, I didn't, those aren't Tag and Bink. I didn't write that portion of the episode. Yeah. That was some Taika Waititi feeling, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, improv stuff that I fucking loved. Yeah. Um, but uh, right off the bat, it made me think of Rooster Teeth's Red versus Blue, which okay. is, if you haven't seen those, those early episodes, it's just, they took Halo Machinima and they added that kind of discourse to them where they were just like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> it was awesome. And I love that they can't hit anything. Well, that was hysterical. If you're literally looking at the guns and playing with it, it was like, and I didn't know what they're trying to say. Oh, it's the sights because you just can't yeah, hit anything with it. They just could not shoot I mean, a that, can on the ground. The, yeah. That, that was so hysterical. It was, yeah. it was such that nod to Stormtroopers don't hit anything. In Coming off of episode seven, where we see that Quill has lost the child and that the those speeder bike troopers have taken the child, mm-hmm. a part of me, when I was starting episode eight, I sat down on my TV, I leaned forward, I was like, all right, let's pick it up where it left I off. Mean, I and the- then they derail you with this these two knuckleheads out there on their speeder bikes. Yeah, it's awesome. And they, they're like, you know what? You wanted the action? You wanted the answer to how no, the, wait, what's wait happening? Second. Just at, at, enjoy at, this. At that point, and it's so interesting, because obviously these were made long before they knew how people would feel. I mean, of course, they had to know how everyone react to the child that everyone calls Baby Yoda, right? Yeah. It's so much um, so that they, that they didn't put any baby child's, any Baby Yoda's under the tree for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, 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 that, yeah that, that was everything. But... Um, I mean, you're sitting there, and they keep hitting hitting it, and you're like, "Oh, these guys have to die bad." Yeah, they're fucking they die punching so bad. Baby Yoda in the head, like, stop it, this. Yes, but oh my god, when IG Eleven shows up, that scene was just breaking the arms and. Cr- I mean, it was. I was literally. I watched it with my stepson, and we're screaming. And the only reason you know he's showing up is because he's in the preview, which I wish I hadn't. Seen. I didn't see the preview, so I watched the preview previously on. Okay. And I, it, you see the, I'm a nurse unit now. And you see oh, yeah. the IG-11, and I was like, oh. Okay. No, I figured he had to come because we didn't see him. We Quill and they take it. And, you yeah. know, it was all set up. It's all set up there that, no, Quill, he's going to protect. He's going to, you know, he's going to do this. I was like, oh, he's coming. Oh, the second you see his foot land in frame, you're like, oh, you two are fucked. Yeah. You two yeah. are fucked. And it's so awesome. And it's actually great that Taika Waititi's doing the voice of what he's directing. You know, he just <laughs> he he destroys he, them. He rides into town, and when he starts rotating to protect the child yeah. and just flipping around, his arms are rotating to keep blasting, is pretty awesome. I mean, probably yeah. one of my top five little moments yeah. in the series. Yeah. Um, Both destroying them, and then, yeah, exactly, riding to town, taking out all those stormtroopers, just like left and right. It's just awesome. Yeah. Because literally, what, what you got in that first episode times 10. Yes. And that, I mean, I was so bummed at the end of the first episode when he took him out because I love that sequence so much. And then to, to have it come back again, I was like, oh, awesome. And I think one of my qualms that I told you halfway through the series was they really went to that uh, that design trope a lot where you'd have a blaster shot off camera and then you wouldn't reveal who had yes. gotten hit. They did it like three or four times in the first Six episodes, right. you know, the last one being that baby Yoda in the closet yes. reveal. Um, then JJ does it, but but but, but in, let, in let Rise me say, of Skywalker. But, but but as cheesy as it might have been, when when it happens in episode six, because you think that the child's going to use the Force, yes, it is doing it, and then boom, and it's actually the Mandalorian came in and, and killed it. It's hysterical. I just it's want, so funny. I want to issue a moratorium to Star Wars to no more. Blaster off camera revealed that the other person got shot. Thing. Right. Like, I think let's just give it five years. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, by yeah, that yeah. time, you'll have already made eight movies. So I think we're going to be fine. Well, <laughs> we're going to definitely have another couple well, of Disney Plus shows. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Here's the thing is, and, and this is, you know, we, we got off topic, but, um, you know, lacking that through line in these last three movies, you know, after you have the series. And the thing is, I've been saying this for a long time to you, to whoever wants to listen to me. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe not that many people, but. <laughs> But, you know, um, the ability to, to do good character and everything else in episodic, you know, I mean, listen, the, the nature of a screenplay, you know, it's three acts, you know, what can you do in a couple of hours 
versus when you have, you know, multiple hours, you know, you know, week after week and all that, you know? I mean, it's just the mediums that they can't compare for, for character development, right? And, and that's what you have here, you know? I mean, you have it with The Mandalorian. And by the way, that, that's the other thing is it all comes together. He's a foundling. This is the way Mandalorians, that's what they do. They adopt, you know, they, they shepherd, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's what he's done here. I mean, my God. You know, um, giving, you know, you know, the, the kid has the mythosaur. It, it's like, it's, it's this interesting thing. It was like, oh, he's too, too weak. Like it couldn't survive the training. But you know it's set up. He's yeah. totally going to train the child in the ways of Mandalorian. Which I mean, ridiculous. it's, it's fully like, you're like, oh God, this is like, from the get-go in episode two, you're like, okay, they're so, you know, Lone Wolf and copying this. And then you're like, are they? I'm like, yeah, they are. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Know? They so are. Absolutely. I mean, before. I think episode two had come out before I'd started, and just seeing the imagery of him standing next to that yeah. floating cart. Well, exactly. It's yeah. the baby cart series. Yeah, of it's course. Lone Wolf and Cub. You got it. Um, and that's what actually got me really interested in watching the series, besides all the praise it was getting, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, somebody who had not watched Rebels and Clone Wars, um, I'd read the article on Dave Filoni that came out of the Pittsburgh, I think, Observer, the, the week that Mandalorian launched about his relationship with Lucas, how he was Lucas's apprentice and was, you know, his right-hand man for a lot of stuff story-wise and um I got to tell you why didn't they why didn't they go to that pool earlier? Here's the thing, you know, cuz he's cuz for no, me he was when, discovery on this when, thing. When, when Clone like, Wars started, awesome. Clone Wars started a little bit slow that the the you know, and it's been a while. I've only seen Clone Wars and Rebels each. I've seen them once, so yeah. when they came out. Um but I remember watching the movie and being like all right, it's fun, you know, and it was a little bit into that first season or so, you know. I was like, okay, Ahsoka. Watching the movie, Clone Wars started as a movie. Yeah, they they okay. did they did like a the the movie and then it flowed into the series. Like okay. the pilots, like you know, it's like three episodes long. Cool. Um, and you know, but once Filoni has a little time, like he does deep dives into setting things up and paying them off later and developing characters. I mean. By the time you get to the end of that series, you care about Ahsoka so much, and you you've watched most, if not all, of Clone Wars, and you've watched a lot of Rebels. I've watched none of it, Ian. Oh, you've watched none of it. But I know that it was, I know Ahsoka from the fandom. I know her okay. vo- her voice was in uh, the Force of uh, Last Skywalker, uh, Rise of Skywalker, yeah. uh, along with Freddie Prince Jr. I know that right. this stuff is totally deep canon. Yeah, it, it's deep, and I know. I, I, I don't want to spoil it for you. No, but, well, I'm going right. to watch it. Uh, Adult Ahsoka shows up in Rebels. Right. So as a Rebels fan, you pretty much lose your mind. Like, oh my God, a bunch of characters... She's a kid in Clone Wars. She's a Padawan. Right. Um, There's a bunch of characters from Clone Wars, I won't say anymore, that end up showing up in Rebels later. And and when it happens, you're like, like, it's just, it's awesome. (laughs) You know? That's a Filoni thing. Including Darth Maul. Right. And that I knew because when they started doing Solo and talking about yeah. it, they were like, well, exactly. so that's he, the already, thing. he already came back in Rebels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, but Rebels is after Solo. Right. So if he's back in Rebels, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I remember when the Darth Maul artwork started showing up and this and that. I know, I know there's some bounty hunters like Dengar and stuff like that from mm-hmm. Empire that are in Rebels because you get those casting notices and like you, you see them in, tw- you know, Twitter's danger like that mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, there was a Dengar episode, and all you have to do is glance at your Twitter feed to see, oh, there's Darth Maul. Oh, they brought in um, Moff Tark, uh, Moff, um, the, the, the one who's the alien, uh, the blue one from the... Oh, uh, Thrawn. Thrawn, yeah. which, who I, which I got awesome. A, awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, the fact that they threw out those first books, like... Well, the, 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 those the, were, those the bottom line is, is Star Wars. Clone, yeah, Clone Wars and Rebels are canon. Right. So right, Thrawn, right. And, and then, you know, back. and by the way, in the recent Marvel comics are also canon. Right. Thrawn is the Thrawn miniseries. I mean, right. that, that's all, it, it exists, it's there. Again, because not Because a lot of us, that was our way back into right. Star Wars, because well, it was no Star that's right. Wars. And, and here's those, the thing. Rise, Again, one, one of my issues, and I know it's a different podcast, but one of my issues with Rise of Skywalker is that fleet that comes out of fucking nowhere, make it the fucking Thrawn fleet, I'm fine right. with it, you know? Right. Right, look, there's not. I mean, that was the idea of of the 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 Thrawn trilogy was. Well, guess what? There's a whole other fleet of Empire ships that weren't there because who would think everyone could get there? It doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? It makes sense. There's still a lot of the Empire left, 
you know, more than just, you know, the, the, you know, the planet governors or whatever else. I mean, there would be a lot of vampire left. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that was always my big issue. And I think a lot of that stuff is set up. A lot of that stuff is there. Um, so Mandalorian, um, there's still a lot of empire left. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It, it, and there's a few things in there. I know you don't know Clone Wars and Rebels that well, but um, there are a few things. There's a giant call out at the end. Um, you know, obviously we know that Moff Gideon, Giancarlo Esposito, is, is awesome. really the big bad. Yeah, he, of course, he's always awesome. But, you know, he shows up. He wants the child that's so important. That's in 7-8. And, and, yeah. And he, ha- and he has all this information. He knows who everybody is. You when know? he starts calling off their names, yeah, yeah. I'm well, loving well, it. Yeah, I mean, Cara Dune... You know, um, you know, she was already badass. You knew she was part of the, reba- the, the rebellion. You knew that, you know, she wanted nothing to do with anything. Oh, it's Imperial. Okay, I'm in. But then when he calls out that she's from Alderaan. Yeah, you're like, you know she's pissed. Well, yeah, she's like, yeah, anything Empire, she's going to kill him. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah, of course, you know. Instantly, like, you already liked her. And now it's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. great. You know, um, the fact that, you know, he, he knew, you know, the Mandalorian's real name you know, I mean, it's an interesting thing. So we, the Mandalorian knows who he is. So he's Moff Gideon. Um, and what becomes really interesting, though, I mean, and as you already referenced, Mando gets that, uh, you know, the jetpack and, you know, it's a whole setup about, you know, when he's ready to use it. But of course he's using it in this episode. He has to. And he, and he blasts up and, you know, and, and, and takes out the, the TIE fighter. When he's riding on that TIE fighter, oh, that's the end. Awesome. That's the movie moment I wanted. Yeah. From Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to re- like the Return of the Jedi ending. No. I wanted something really personal and crazy. Yeah. And, like it felt like the best parts of Rocketeer. It's so much fun. It was something we, I hadn't seen in Star Wars, yeah. and I loved it. But you know, when when you know at the end when you see that uh, Moff Gideon's still alive, because I mean, you know, don't cast John Esposito for you know a minute and a half in, in two episodes, you know. Um, well, that's it, what it comes out. With, that's what they did with with the name of the director who played the. <laughs> Oh, uh, Warner Harrison. Warner Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he's great. But um, And you can thank him for your Baby Yoda, because supposedly they were going to CGI a lot of Baby Yoda, and he yelled at the crew and said, don't be cowards. That's <laughs> he right. He looks he's great. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That story came out that he yeah, yelled yeah, at them. Yeah, yeah, I read that. I read Keep that. it as a Muppet. So, so the thing is, um, Moff Gideon starts cutting his way out with, Something that looks lightsaber-ish. It's the dark saber. And I thought that was just like a like a like a electro knife type thing. I thought that was no, no. That was it's fully that the dark saber was rep, was introduced in Clone Wars. You'll get to it uh-huh. as you watch, and then showed up again in Rebels. Um, it was a Mandalorian Jedi Knight's weapon. Oh, and oh. yeah, oh yeah. So it's, it's fucking it's, huge. It's a special lightsaber. But you have to be a force adept to use it. Well. Because it not, seemed like he didn't have to You don't to be. have to be. You could just pick the... You the, don't have to be force adept. In the same way but, Finn had to use the lightsaber and... Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't have to be, but it's hard. Oh. So it's literally... Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole storyline in Rebels hmm. with Sabine Wren ends up getting it. And she's not force adept, but it's not easy to use. And she has to train to use it. Moff so, Gideon did not appear to be force adept no, in it, any of it. Yeah, I mean, we can't swear to it, but he doesn't have to be forced adept to use right. it. But it's a big deal if he has it because it's co- sort of like the Mandalorian Excalibur. Okay. Like whoever has it, like they pretty much like the Mandalorians follow them. Oh my God! Wait, is there only it's a one? Saber. Yeah. There's only one dark saber. Yeah. And this fucker's got it. He has it. That's okay. That's way it's bigger than this just being yeah, a piece yeah. of cutlery. The, 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 the last time we saw it, um, Sabine Wren had given it up, basically to Mandalorian freedom fighters who and, and they rallied around it. To fight the Empire. And that's, a, Mind that's you, the purple one. Same one. It's black. Black. But it's... So literally, the last time we saw in Rebels, it's right before Yavin. You know? I mean, it's like... And, and the Mandalorians were going to fight. You know? Because they had been different factions and this whole thing. And they came together. And they were going to fight the Empire. This is towards the end of the Rebels series. And that overlaps so, with the beginning of New Hope? It's right before it. Yeah. So Crazy. Yeah. So... It's now been, what's it, nine years? Or it's like, it's supposed to be yeah. like... Uh, four plus five. Yeah, because there's yeah. one between Empire and I thought it's four and, and a half, right? There's three, I thought it's one and a half between... There's three between New Hope and Empire. Or two. Two or three between New Hope and Empire. No, because I thought... Because they're searching I, for the planet and this and that. They're searching for Hoth and... 
I thought it was a year and a half there and three years after. Is it the other way around? I think it's close to two and a half, three years early. And then Solo's only in Carbonite for a year. A year and a half, okay, yeah. Uh, you know, but according yeah. to my reference, which is pre-canon, which is like yeah, sh- yeah. Shadows I, I, of the Empire. I, I have to look at, look at the yeah. new official timeline. So, but, I, but I think you're it's right. It's more or less four or five years, years plus between, the five. Yeah, yeah. Nine years. So it's been, yeah, nine to ten years. There's only since, one. Yeah. There's only one of those yeah. fucking things and he's yeah. got it. Okay, that's and, huge. And the thing is, is, I mean, you know, and we already basically know even from this episode that like he's clearly been the guy that's somewhat into, you know, obsessed with, you know, like he's wiping them out. Right? He's wiping out the Mandalorian. It seems like it. Yeah. You know, but it, but the idea that he has that is a big deal. So my friend so we'll Brian Dillon from the Fanboy uh, uh, fanboy uh, Base Press. I'm sorry, I said Fanboy. Uh, my friend Brian Dillon from Fanbase Press, who has, they have a ton of podcasts, you should check him out. He asked, who's the shadowy figure in episode, at the end of episode so, five? And that seems like it would be Moff Gideon. At the end of episode five, after... Um, that, what's her name has been taken out that's got this possible I'll tell you why I don't think so tracking them I don't think that would be Moff Gideon if for no other reason that he's alone in Geeks Games you remember it's when um, what's the name of the actress uh, Ming-Na Wen when Fennec Shank yeah when she gets taken the out the amazing sniper when she gets taken yes. out uh, you think she's dead may may not be dead I feel like not yes because I feel like she's coming back whether it's her, whether there's a clone of her, a blast to the to the stomach sometimes feels like you're gonna be back. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that shadowy character who's standing over here, you don't think is Moff Gideon? I do not think tracking it's Moff Gideon. the Mandalorian. So, so again, that episode was directed by Dave Filoni. Oh sure. Um, who, you know, he's an EP on the show. Uh, definitely in the writers' room. Um, both uh, Clone Wars and Rebels are his shows. Mm-hmm. He's very big on you know he'll do something and he comes back to it. He comes back to it later. I'm telling you something, by the way. You have, you're going to be pleasantly surprised as Clone Wars goes on and where it goes. Yeah. You know, it gets into stuff about, you know, the living force and all of it. Like For it a lot re- of people, Clone Wars is their actual prequels. Yeah. No, well, it, yeah. it opens it all up. It, right. it, you, you ultimately get in Clone Wars everything you wanted in the prequels that you didn't get. Oh. You know, like it's... Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's setting some stuff up the, with some definite intent. Um, so you don't look, think it's Moff Gideon? I don't. What's out there? What what people think? Um, yeah, what's what, he what, saying? Well, I mean, I, have, I haven't really searched the internet on it, but I know that a lot of people think or hope. And was my first thought was, um, you may or may not like this idea, but sure. there's definitely a sense out there that Boba Fett's coming. And you see what you think might be Boba Fett save him when he's a foundling. Right. And he's in that little thing. It's not Boba Fett. The armor's wrong. Yeah, but, but, but by the way, you know. But he's got the head. He's got the mic. Yeah, it's not, it's not Boba it's Fett. It's not Boba Fett. Well, no. Who saves yeah. him the episode it's, 8 flashback. It's, it's a Mandalorian armor, right. you know. But, um, but you know, let, let's remember that Boba Fett isn't actually a Mandalorian. He's not. No, he's, he's wearing he's Mandalorian armor. armor. He's a clone of a Mandalorian. But mm-hmm. what that means is. It's not like he grew up there. So what this show gets in, what this show gets into that's very interesting is the Mandalorian being a way of life. So then you could argue with him, Boba Fett is Mandalorian, but we don't actually know how Boba Fett lived his life if he lives a Mandalorian or not. You know, because it's um, a, not a race; it's a creed. It's a creed, exactly. It's it's a, it's a way of life. I, and, lo- you know, I love that the actor who played Apollo Creed said that. Yes, yes, that was great. Um, presumably. Apollo Creed and Action Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's the little one. There you Jackson go, guy. Thing, you know? Shout it out to us so, on Twitter. Uh, I mean, love Action Jackson. I love Action I Jackson. I wish Action Jackson had made sequels. Like, the movie didn't do yeah. well enough. I loved that movie. I, what was the one that, what was the one, um, the other American James Bond that they only had one of? Rima Williams. I wanted a Rima Williams yep. Action Jackson here. crossover. Oh. Yeah, I loved Rima With Williams. Fred Ward and Carl Weathers. That's right. Up. That would have been awesome. Um, so... You know, um, the Mandalorian, the idea of the Mandalorian, you know, of what it is to be a Mandalorian. One of my big issues early on with the whole thing of the way, but they don't take the helmets off of it. And I, I'm like, I'm like, well, Jango Fett always had his helmet off. Mm-hmm. And again, in both Clone Wars and Rebels, Mandalorians have the helmets off all the time. So now again, let's remember, like, there's no way this isn't going to get addressed because it's Dave Filoni. 
And you think, I mean, my guess was that they did, were start, they stopped removing their helmets because they were being hunted down by the Empire. That, that could be. It, 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 it's possible that... But I also started watching Watchmen, and the police do that in Watchmen, so right. I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, so... It's a good idea. Uh, Wear uh, a mask. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm still a bit unclear on how that, where that came from. You know, I mean, the idea of it's cool, and in a weird way, I feel like it's paying a little bit of sort of fan service to the idea as we were kids and we only had the original three movies and it's like, oh, Boba Fett. Well, what does Boba Fett look like with the helmet up? Well, no one knows. Nope, you can't That was always the, the thing, you know? Nope. So, you know, it was like a, yeah, they don't take the helmets off, you know? Um, I mean, literally, I thought, because I had heard that the Pedro hadn't been cast until they were four episodes in, you really? know? That's what I'd heard. So I know it was definitely later into shooting. So um, Pedro Pascal was not in the first film. I mean, they they hadn't figured out who yeah. the actor was going to wow. be. Yet. Well, he if you think good, about it, it's all voiceover stuff, right. you know. So, but you know, so the fact that finally we get to see his face in episode eight, you know, I was like, all right. I mean, you got Pedro Pascal. You don't keep the helmet on. No, <laughs> you know? no. And I think people are going to fall in love with him in Wonder Woman, in the next yeah. Wonder Woman. Well, movie. He looks great as Maxwell Lord. Awesome. But um, you know. It's an interesting thing, coming back to, to the conversation. So, they're on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Episode five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Boba Fett went to the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. There's been tons of things that are now not canon that say he, he survives. By the way, let's discuss it. What we see in, in this show, you know, the Beskar steel. He's going to survive a little bit of Sarlacc acid, and he's going to shoot his way out. But did Boba Fett have Baskar steel? Yeah, he's wearing mm-hmm. Mandalorian armor. Okay. But not Al Mandalorian armor as Baskar steel because he had because in this no, one the Mandalorian it can had to get, get upgraded. It can, it can get damaged over time, though. So that that's the whole point. It gets damaged. You need to replace it. But you replace the pieces. Episode one of Mandalorian. I didn't think he had Baskar steel until it got upgraded in episode three. I thought that pieces of it were. Yes. Maybe some yes. of it wasn't. P- pieces you know? of it were. Because when he walks into that first like encounter in episode one, somebody asks if it's real Baskar steel. Right. I thought pieces of his armor were. He didn't get the full treatment until... So I wasn't clear if it's that it's not all Baskar steel or if it's enough of it got worn down over mm-hmm. time, you know, because it was passed down. You know, I mean, like, I, that's the thing at the end of this, you know, she, you know, the Mandalorian the forger, forger, you know, is taking all the shout. old armor and, you know, and reforging it, right? And I want to shout out to my friend Emily Swallow who for playing her. It's awesome. She's awesome. We became friends when I was on Supernatural mm-hmm. and she played God's sister mm-hmm. and, uh, and Emily was just awesome. We went hiking and stuff and I tell I mean, I'm so stoked that she got this role. Cool. <laughs> I wish you could have seen her face because she's Awesome as yeah. an actress, and yeah. uh, and the fact that she's just is a big win for her is fucking awesome that she's got this huge, you know, beyond supernatural. Now all these fans are like, she's awesome in in episode eight when she starts taking out those stormtroopers. Oh, it's so cool. Is she dead though? No, fuck no. No, she takes every she one of them out. Their asses. You but, think between that coming? and IG Eleven taking out the rest, there, there, remember at the end, there's yep. no one left. Yep. They called, They killed all the stormtroopers there. She's she's still around. She's chilling. She's making some armor. That's right. <laughs> um, let's talk about Carl Weathers' character because grief um, Carter. And grief Carter was a magistrate. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we find and, out. And then he then he fell into running the that, bounty hunters guild. That part of the bounty yes. hunters, the local chapter of the bounty hunters guild. Um, I loved that he was going to turn on them in episode seven. Mm-hmm. And the child totally convinced him otherwise. You know, it's interesting to me. I mean, you already had had it in, in the show, but at a much bigger level. That episode happened to line up right with Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. and, and all the Force, the force healing. Force healing, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I had a, a point I was going to make, but basically I just wanted to espouse how much I loved Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers was awesome. Carl Weathers was and, awesome. He was awesome from the beginning. Yeah, and in episode three, like, you know, he gets shot and he has the mm-hmm. best steel in, in his chest and like, all right, you can't get rid of Carl Weathers. Total move from the killer. Remember but, remember, or remember the killer with uh, Chayanne Fat and John Woo where uh-huh. he, he puts the, the, the lighter in his, ch- in, his, yeah. in his shirt pocket and then shoots it knowing he's not going to kill him? Yeah, he puts the Baskar steel in there and yeah. shoots it. It's well, awesome. Well, well, what's great is, um, you know, what you've set up, what they've set up in this show is 
fine, you're not really sure about his motivations, all that, but by the, by the end now, season one is done, and definitively, now it, it's a new dynamic, you know, he's running things, Caradun's staying to be mm-hmm. his enforcer, they have allies they can go to, that now they can trust. What happened to the Mandalorians on that planet, in that town? Because we do see all the armor. They got killed. That seemed, it seemed like they would have been a rough thing to kill. I agree. I don't know how that happens. I mean, by the end of episode three, it looked like they'd be running that place. Yeah, you know, we didn't see it, but presumably Moff Gideon with the guns, you know, the, the cannons, all that, able to come in and wipe them out. Yeah, my problem is that the Mandalorian and Cara Dune and the, them don't really know that Moff Gideon and the Imperials are there. Well, here's my question. Until All those helmets are there. Yeah. Is that that the Forger has brought them there? I believe to be so. For, yeah, so like she went out and, and got, you know, so once they were out, they were out and apparently got hunted down, right? That is the most quiet way to take out a bunch of explosive Mandalorians <laughs> that you yeah. could have imagined because they're in there talking to the Imperials with the baby Yoda negotiation mm-hmm. and this and that, and they're trying to pull that, that grift. Um, meanwhile, the Imperials are taking over, mm-hmm. taking no. out a bunch of people with flamethrowers? No, no, no. They were taken out. Before they arrived at the town. Back after episode three. The town was a trap. Yeah, yeah. The town was a trap. Yeah, they, they, yeah exactly. Then, they, then, they came out and that was it. They then, were out, people knew. But Carl We Weathers, don't even know how many Imperials came and took them out. Right, but Carl Weathers' character is being led from that town. Mm-hmm. He didn't know about the Imperial presence, even though it was a setup? I th- he did know about the imperial presence. I, I, I it may have to gotten that even, degree. Yeah, I think it got, it got stronger once right. he, you know, once he'd gone off, you know, and they just brought more and more in. Um, okay, Ian. He said they were hunted down once once they came out. You're so. a man who practices strategy and martial arts. Episode four. Why do you not take out the ATSD first? Oh, you should. They go and they start stabbing people in tents. Yeah. Why not take out the ATSD Absolutely. first? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. the Ewoks were able to just throw a bunch of logs on the ground yeah. and take out an ATST. Yeah. Why not just take out the ATST first? Right. That's a Scout Walker. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that episode, probably. the Scout Walker was the big problem. Yeah. It was hiding under a bunch of bushes. Yeah. What the, and take honest, that Honestly, shit out. it was so rough. What, did they need to get some Ewoks to take it out? I'm telling you, two logs on ropes would have taken that, that that's fucking thing That's all it takes. All it takes is some ro- logs on the ground. And you guys are already cutting out, and like, you guys are already cutting down logs to make your little, like, stand. Mm-hmm. Just put the logs on the ground and you would have yeah. taken out the ATST. Yeah. Get a Wookiee to climb it and pull them out of there. <laughs> That's the one thing in episode four that frustrated me was Mando started making some mistakes, including the one at the end of the episode that would have almost been lethal to Baby Yoda was like, he just starts ignoring things. And in episode five, when he leaves the child, mm-hmm. episode six, leaves the child. Like, stop leaving the child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't put him in a broom closet anymore. Yeah, yeah. The child's just walking his ass out of the ship. Yeah. Whenever he wants, all casual, sipping his tea. Mandalorian starts making some really bad mistakes. After it's so awesome when he goes walking, sipping, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I love that scene when they're rolling around wrestling, you know, and then they look up and, and there's the child just standing there watching them, you know, sipping at it. And it's literally like, all right, we can't fight anymore now because look at him. As soft as you think that some, you know, listening to this, as soft as you think that episode four might be in some of the design or some of the shots or some of the story, like... It also had a lot of the best moments, like the Baby Yoda tea yeah. moment. Um, One of the most memeable moments. It's so memeable. And, uh, and, and, and I love Gina and, Carano. I think Gina yeah. Carano is amazing. And the, the child, I mean, again, it's silly, but when he goes to eat the frog and all the kids are like, ew, and he spits it out. It's yeah. just comedy gold. The, the peer pressure, because yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious when he eats the frog. And I love become like, oh, he's a little carnivore. I was like, yeah, he eats anything. <laughs> Which, again, is, is sort of like, it seems like it's a, that shout out to an empire. Uh-huh. When you, you know, Yoda's like looking to eat something, you yep. know, wants to eat an animal. And he eats that processed food. Yeah. Like, no, this isn't food. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> he's eating that candy bar. Yeah. Um, do we... How do you get so big eating <laughs> Do we see in season two... A little bit of an older Baby Yoda wearing the Mandalorian pendant. Maybe wearing the pendant. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to get rid of their marketing baby. <laughs> and, and older. I mean, listen. That, 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 I think a little my, older. My, my biggest struggle is they tell us it's 50 and it's like an infant. You know? 50 years old. Yeah, it's I mean, very granted, not aware. Okay, you know, you get to 900. But I don't know how a species survives that long. 
you know, without developing some, some basic skills, right? Yeah. Baby Yoda's 50 years old. You'd be a little bit more aware than you would think so, right? <laughs> Walking around. Um, what's interesting? It can be is small the, and yeah. it can be small and defenseless, well, but it's still fifty years old. Well, the, the idea that this is now a quest for his species is yes. very interesting. You know, we don't really know. We we assume. Oh, we only see two of them. In, in all, everything that's come before. In episode so, eight, right. The, he's he's given the the job, you're going to help him find his home planet. Right. And that's where we leave things where going into people, season right. two, right. So, you know, I mean, previously everyone's like, oh, there's only two because it's Yoda and Yaddle. And we never... Yad, Yaddle's yeah. the, the, the female, you know, member of Yoda's... And where was Yaddle? On the Jedi Council. On the Jedi Council, right. We see her. That's so, what I thought. I was thinking that, she, that there, we saw some Yoda's in the Senate chamber, but those no. are ETs. We definitely yeah, saw ETs. ETs. Yeah, um, yeah. Yaddle was the female on the, on the Jedi Council. Um, yeah. Those so, so based on that, oh, that species is strong in the Force, which you don't necessarily know that they all are, you know. But there we go. It's a small sample. I mean, size. again, everyone talks about being Baby Yoda because you know, early on, you know, in Episode Three, you start wondering, like, all right, the Cloners want it. Was to make it. It seemed to be not you said the cloners set. won it. Yes. Um, what do you mean the cloners won it? So the doctor that's looking to take the, um, you know, the scans and everything. Yeah. He has an insignia that's like the insignia of the Kaminoans. So of the it, what? The Kaminoans from episode. Oh, two? from Shamina. Yeah. From Kamino. When, yeah. When, yeah, that's episode yeah. two of yeah. the prequels. Yes. Oh, that's an insignia. Oh, you did so, a little bit of in, internet looking. Or did so, you just know that? Because that's a fucking deep cut. I think I saw it somewhere. So they were looking um, to clone Baby Yoda. Well, or at least well, it, so, extract his So the his initial abilities. question was maybe he is a clone, but Quill seemed to have put away that notion, saying no, because of the development, and all that. Like there are signs with clones. There's no kind of degeneration, all that. So Quill definitively made a statement that he's not. In reference to Baby Yoda, or in reference, ba- to, in reference to the child, <clears throat> he's not. Yeah, yeah. Quill says that. So, and you know they're it, cloned it, because they have to be on a giant arm being lifted everywhere, as we learned from Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> well, well. So, if we could take that as definitive, I think it's set up for that. You know, I mean, what do you mean? Well, I mean, look. You know, one of the things that you know I always talk about the great thing about Game of Thrones, which is both in the books and it's, and also in the series, was that oh. In most shows, a character says something. Whoever you give the, the piece of information to, to establish information, and then it's set up, and that's what it is. But what Game of Thrones does so well is just because someone said something, and then you accept it as, as the viewer, and it could be wrong, right? You know, because you know, like they lie. Yeah, or they lie, or they what they know is wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying that is it definitive. I mean, you know, it was one of my big issues in Rise of Skywalker. Was Dominic Monaghan, you know, some random resistance person is theorizing on Palpatine being back as some dark Sith cloning stuff. And then I, I guess that's our explanation because we don't ever get anything else. Yeah, but there's you been know? fucking cloning technology in this universe for at yeah. least 40 years. Yeah. And for some reason... There was a whole army of clones. Exactly. It was, an, it was an attack of the clones. Yeah, I mean... And you guys are just and, now and, being like, it must be a Sith technology. Right. Well, you know, I mean, Dark Empire did it forever ago. Just mm-hmm. embrace it, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I think we're supposed to take it that he's not a clone. Yeah. You know? And, Maybe he was OG. And in particular, leaving this... Again, it doesn't mean she's right that there are any more of them. But the presumption now is, okay... Maybe there are more of them out there. You know, the idea that someone had, had gotten a member of this species that, that they know is highly Force-sensitive, to me, always spoke to why they want it so badly. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, I mean, anyone that knows anything about, you know, the Jedi would know who Yoda is, mm-hmm. right? Or was. Um, it's interesting to me, though, I guess, you know, being out in the outer room and all that, I mean, the notion that I know a lot of people react to, like, why does he not know anything about the Force? You know, Han Solo didn't believe in the Force, didn't, you know. Even though he rode pe- next to Chewie, who was in the Battle of Kashyyyk with a right, bunch of Jedi. exactly. But they probably never had a conversation about it. No, that's you some know? bullshit. Or, or if they did, then Chewie would be like, yeah, the Force is real. And I'm like, oh, bullshit, i never seen anything like that. And that probably the end of the conversation, <laughs> you know. And, like, and that was it, you know. 
that's one of the weakest things about the prequels is that they put Chewie in that battle. Yeah. That they put Jedi all over the fucking place in that battle. And then there's supposed to be a, a myth 19 years later. Yeah. I, well, the prequels put too many Jedi in the prequels. I, Way I, too I, many Jedi. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I It always felt to me, going back to A New Hope, that it's so many generations removed that there were a bunch of Jedi around. When really it was just the yeah. age of Luke. Exactly. You know, it, it hasn't been no 19 sense. years. Right. You know? Mind you, but Tatooine's the Outer Rim. Remember, even in episode one, they've heard a Jedi there, but they don't they don't really know from Jedi. You know? It seems like. Yeah. Hard to say. Would have been an easy fix to just have less of them. Yeah, yeah. But Maybe. then then it wouldn't have been as epic to wipe them out. Right, but if they were an agency, yeah. like you remember the G Men in the nineteen fifties? Mm-hmm. Like they're G-Men. Yeah. You heard about them, but they were they have shadowing right. methods, and they work only when necessary. Right. They're not on every street corner. Um, anyway, bring it back to... I don't... It's not a huge stretch to think someone like the Mandalorian, for who he is, for where he is and where he's operated, wouldn't know much about them. You know, he's just learning about the fact that there was a Mandalorian Jedi War, you know, long, long before... So I think I think we're going to get more of that. I think mm-hmm. we're going to get more of that history because it's been alluded to, but we haven't really seen it. Um, so I mean, listen, that's cool. I mean, I definitely had a reaction like, why does he not know? Even if he hasn't seen it before, you think he'd understand what force sensitive is, but maybe not. Right. You know, it's one of those tricky things. You know, you watch these movies and they're like, well, doesn't everyone know what the force is? But no, everyone doesn't know what the force is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not common. You know, it's not that many people. I mean, again, even what you were saying, oh, there's so many Jedi. I was like, but not, they're all there together. So when you think about it, they're all there together, that's all of them. There's like untold trillions of sentient life in this giant galaxy of all these planets are inhabited. And, you know, so what? You have 100 Jedi? It's actually no. not that many. No, in the prequels? Yeah. There were more than 100 of those. I don't know there's things. more than 100. It didn't seem like there's that many there. The prequels, they were going to diners and stuff. They're everywhere. I, 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 there aren't that many. I mean, on Camino, it seemed like a shitload of them showed up, right? And a lot of them died. And Kashyyyk, too. There At the beginning of episode Kashyyyk. three. There aren't that many there. Yoda was in a backpack. I remember that. Yeah, Yoda's in a backpack. Yoda fights <laughs> with Wookiees. You know? So Mandalorian. What do you want to see in season two? Besides a Gamorrean, which was the teaser that John Favreau posted, a picture of a maquette yeah, of a Gamorrean. That, that should be pretty awesome. I'm down with the Gamorrean. Um, well, I mean, again, coming back to the Boba Fett thing, rumor has it that they're making Slave One. It's Boba Fett shit. Yep. So they're making it. The rumor is they're making it on some studio lot somewhere. I, I've heard that it's already maybe already been made. Oh shit! I don't know. You know, um, we'll see. By the way. Someone could get the Slave One and still not have Boba Fett. Right. But I still come back to the idea, the idea that... I think it's one of those things in the trilogy that everyone always goes... It's sort of the joke. Boba Fett where? And Boba Fett's this incredible badass. And Han Solo, blind, knocks into the jetpack and he blasts <laughs> the Sarlacc and that's it. That's it. You You're know? Done. And and for me, it comes down to, great, the Sarlacc reaches out, pulls it down, and they find out to say... You're going to be digested over a thousand years. It digests you slowly. Yeah, this one's fine. It's, it's basically flat out telling you that he ain't dead in there. The stomach acid is like really weak. It's yeah, like being licked to exactly. death. Exactly. It's just yeah. like, but most people wouldn't be able to get out. You, get to, had, the, you hello, get to the center of a Tootsie Roll hello, pop before you get he, to the center of He has of armament and a fucking jetpack. Yeah. He should be able to get out of the fucking Sarlacc. <laughs> Especially if it's just licking you to death. Yeah, you know? So that's what I'm saying. One, I'm like, I'm like, two, I'm sorry. Boba Fett gets three. out of the Sarlacc. Yep. Any idea that he doesn't, doesn't work for me. Right. You know, it doesn't make sense. So, if only the fact that the Mandalorian and the Charles are a big bounty, you would think Boba Fett would show up. Yeah. If it's only about that. If, Bo- yeah, you think Boba Whether or not cool there are Boba any Fett's other ties them. beyond that, Okay, I'm yeah. good with it. It'd be cool if Boba Fett's hunting them. But but ultimately, you know, the thing becomes, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, man, why not have it just be a Boba Fett series? And my understanding was that, well, with Boba Fett, you don't have the pull, you don't have the emotional component that you have with the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. with the child and all of it. And that's the thing, is now that we've seen what the series is, we understand why it's not a Boba Fett show. Was this a Boba Fett script? 
for the the Josh Trank. Remember, I don't remember so. Josh Trank had yes. the Boba Fett. Movie? I don't think so. I don't think you it don't has think... anything to do with the Boba Fett mm-hmm. script. I think definitively because this is not a Boba Fett story. I know everything we know about Boba Fett. And you don't think there's a retcon version of that? Story. No, his character wouldn't do these things. Right. You know, he doesn't have that history. Getting licked to death is kind of humbling. But, but but that's the thing that they've done here that's so great that by the episode eight, you know, even though you had the, the, the flashes, but you see, you see the parallel. You know, and, and this is the way, and, they, they, you know, he, he's taken on this charge. The whole reason in episode three that you love so much when he's thinking about it, mm-hmm. it's more than, oh, the kid was cute. It's, this kid is me. Yeah. You know, it's a child that's defenseless, and I have to go, and I have to save it and take care of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was that. This and is more it, than the Bounty Hunters Guild. Yeah, if, if someone hadn't done it for me, then where would I be? When the Mandalorians get in his face, that's what yeah. he says. Yeah. 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 Um, droid uprising is what caused the death of his parents. Um, that's that, what I've read everywhere, is that it's a droid uprising. It's not... They... Definitely he has a problem with droids because droids killed his family. It doesn't mean it's a droid uprising because droid uprising means this idea of AI right. you know, going nuts. It's not necessarily that. That's the question. It, listen, it might be during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be the droids there. You're doing, I mean, how old is he? Right. You know, I think that, you know, age-wise, that, 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 that falls into line, right? If you think about it... Um, the Clone Wars would have been about 32 years before yeah. that. Yeah, if, if he is... The start of the Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, if he's 10 years older than Luke, yeah. then, you know, if Luke, by the end of Return of the Jedi, is 26 years old, 25, 26 years old, which yeah. lines up with what we're thinking, and if he's 10 years older than Luke, he's 35, Luke was 40. born 19 years before the Battle of Yavin. Right. Okay? The Clone Wars started... Clone Wars lasted three years. So between episode two and episode three, three years go by. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that could easily have been... During the Clone Wars. During the Clone Wars. Yeah, he's a five-year-old kid hiding in a dumpster yeah. during the Clone Wars, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that's, what, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. And it would, it, would, it would fall into Filoni's strong suit yeah. to, to stick with that. To that. Yeah. So yeah, again... He, he knows that. Still, I mean, he, he knows that whole yeah, section yeah, of Star Wars. Even, even from... Episode 8, we got a little more information. I'm still not entirely clear. The Mandalorians came in and saved him. Why did they come in? Right. I'm not sure why they come in and kill all those... I mean, so they weren't Mandalorians that got wiped out? I'm not sure what the settlement was. That's where I was unclear. Right. You know? Was it separatist, you know, droids killing everybody? By the way, you kept going, robot uprising against droids. I got you. I got yeah. you. But, um, <laughs> you know, right. not clear. I'm just saying to you that, like, you know, I think you, 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 you're, you're picking other right. versions of. By the way, within Star Wars, the idea of there being AI that don't like humans, all that, I mean, do you not read the Dr. Aphra comic series, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all. Well, yeah, no, she's got yeah. a homicidal partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's got a droid part, that's. Part two. Yeah. Um, awesome. But anyway, yeah, that. There are homicidal droids. There are droids that are, are you know, don't, yeah, they, they have their own version of program, whatever they are, mm-hmm. and they go off to doing things. So, yeah, um, but that's not what was happening from my perspective, you know, in his past. Um, so, yeah. Okay. You Anything know. else you want to add? What else? You got any notes that we didn't touch on um, in, in this one as we wrap up the Mandalorian special? You know, we could talk a little bit about, um, what do you call it, uh, the direction? I thought it was awesome. Across all the episodes? No. Okay. <laughs> Episode four, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, you know Hopefully what? I'm not going to knock, I'm not going to knock, I'm yeah. not going to knock Bryce Dallas Howard's okay. hustle. Right. Like, you know what? She got, you know, she did the episode and it's, it it's, was an it's sound. Okay. Um, but coming off of Deb Chow's like ending of episode three, yeah. you want more of that high octane yeah. stuff. Yeah, De- Deborah Chow did episode three, and, she, and I think she did episode seven. Yeah, and she I mean killed it, kills it. You know, you know um, and Taika Waititi's directing on the finale was yeah, and, and what you expect work, from, work, from, from you, you are also awesome. Yeah, this made me so pumped for Deb Chow's like uh, series with Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be awesome. It made me so fucking. Yeah, unfortunately, she won't be available. 
because she'd be busy with Obi Wan. Well, we're gonna watch all that Obi Wan stuff. And oh, yeah. Then, you know, would you want to? Would you watch a Rose series? That's something that we're doing. Well, we were talking about on on Twitter, and and uh, somebody suggested a Rose Tika series, and I'm like, sure, Look, let's here, do it. Because that I, I, character I, needs some redemption <laughs> after after what happened. Um, her minute and a half of screen time. Well, you heard the the, the reasoning today was that. Um, because her scenes involved Carrie Fisher so much and the CGI didn't always work out that a lot of her scenes got cut uh-huh. when the CGI didn't work out. I'm thinking, yeah, were yeah, they even yeah. in the script? Yeah, I buy that. Were they even I buy that, there? not at all. Um, <laughs> look, you know, as you well know, if it's a Star Wars series, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Are they going to make a Rose series? No. <laughs> Listen, you know, as, as many itches as I had with it, I would love for them to pick up Solo and just do that as a series. I don't think it's going to happen because, right. because unfortunately it was, you know, financial disappointment. But I think people would watch it. I would have preferred it as a series from the get-go. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, well that's the lesson here, right? Right, right. Because um, that would be an awesome series. As a series, it would have been awesome. Yeah. As a movie, it was not... Well, again, because it was not not enough development. Well, yeah. Trying to shoehorn things in, right? You know, it feels rushed. It was it was a weird little animal. Um, I mean, particularly listen. Even if it's not that, do the underworld series with Darth Maul. Oh yeah, let's do a Narshada you know, just, series. Just, just shades of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. There, there's so much room to play within this universe, you know. And by the way, even the Obi Wan thing can just touch. It's easy to spin things off. Yeah. You know, we get Cassian Andor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, supposedly there is going to be a Cassian Andor. Yeah, yeah, series. they're doing yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's a character I liked. I liked. I liked it yeah. when he showed up in my VR Void game. Mm-hmm. You, have you done the VR yet? No. Dude, take your ten-year-old and go. But, but, take your stepson but, and go but, do the VR. I thought he's too young for it. Is he? Yeah, we we were going to go. And oh I damn! He's too young because it takes place during Rogue One. Yeah, and here's it's the awesome. thing. Here's the thing that's interesting. If you think about it. Um, Odds are Obi Wan is a while before Cassian Andor, but not necessarily. Yeah, it's if it's on Tatooine and it's his years on Tatooine. I mean, there, there could be some crossing over there. Yeah, I would think they would set Obi Wan early in his years in Tatooine mm-hmm. because then they have the ability to do more of him. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously you you don't want to get him to the later. If it's years him yet. just negotiating with the Huts and dealing with their whole, I th- I think whole it probably thing, that. that'd be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I'd love that if he shuts down the pod racing empire. The pod racing industry, then I'd be super happy. But literally, because he, how is Luke not a pod racer if he's a, if he's running around in his T sixteen? He would have been in the pod racing. You would think so because because uh, Owen and Baru don't let him. Right. He but he's running away. around in a T sixteen through Beggars Canyon and Needle Rock. Yeah, he's like, goofing off. Yeah, he'd been pod racing. I yeah. want Obi Wan to bulls shut bulls it down. Brands. I want him shutting down that whole pod racing industry. That's right. I want you know what I want. I want Watto to show up in the, the Obi Wan series. <laughs> just get uh, trashed. That would be cool. I mean, the Obi Wan series has an ability to like start cleaning out the prequels. Pretty That's funny. Right. Obi Wan versus Greedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McClunky. Greedo got away again. <laughs> um, all right, Ian. Anything else you want to say about the Mandalorian? Other no, than the fact I, that we're excited the, for season two. So excited for season two. Should be great. And um, I'm excited for the Marvel series on Disney Plus because if this is what we're getting, yeah, I'm super stoked. We're getting some uh, film quality look, stuff. Look, here's the thing: the Marvel series will all be film quality. It's mm-hmm. being made by, by the feature people. It's basically being treated like features, but with more time to, you know, to get those scripts right. We hope. Yeah. What's interesting about the, those, by the way, is those writers' rooms are done long, long, long in advance mm-hmm. of filming them, but. With like the cancellation of Cloak and Dagger and stuff like that, like, are we ever going to see an ABC Marvel series again or a Marvel series done no. anywhere but Disney Plus? <laughs> Probably not. Like, in Agents of Shield no. is still going, right? Or did they wrap Agents, Agents of, of Shield? Agents of Shield is done. There's yeah. another season coming. Right. It's already in the right. can. It just hasn't aired yet. And then, so, in essence, what's happened is there had been a split between um, features and episodic at Marvel for a long time. For a long time. Um, that split's now gone because once Feige was given the power of all of it, he basically shuttered the other division and rolled it in. So basically, he's just making it all. Mm -hmm. Um, It means we'll have definite consistency. Um, The old, it's all connected from season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that sort of drifted away. Um, 
you will definitely feel that. I mean, among things I've heard is, for instance, WandaVision mm-hmm. sets up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Cool. That like it's basically what happens with her in that. It literally leads right into that movie. I love that. Cool. Cool. Um, and I'm and, sure there are and, movies that will lead into the And by the way, this isn't definitive, but she may be a version of the bad guy. Like, she may go so fucking crazy. You might have, like, a that, House of M. Yeah, that, that, yes. Yeah, exactly. Avengers Disassembled. I, I think, I think it's going to be something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definite things like that. I think Hawkeye, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of speculation here that he's ending up, he's, he's training his replacement, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I personally would love to see more young Avengers aspects of that, but I don't think we're gonna. No, I think we just you get know? Kate yeah, Bishop. Yeah, maybe Kate she Bishop. high fives Cassie Lang. Um, by the way, yeah, I mean, I think we Cassie, Cassie Lang shows up. Yeah. Um, well, we already know that um, Monica Rambeau is showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know the question is whether or not she'll be photon. Geese Gabus, that is another conversation yes but we're gonna have it here on geekscape um if this is your first geekscape please share this episode with your friends and be like wow these guys go off the deep end on the mandalorian i think you'll enjoy this definitely share it with your friends tell your friends to subscribe if you've subscribed if you're listening to this on any podcatcher leave like five stars just leave five stars and a little written review wherever you're listening to this on it really helps our visibility which means more friends which means more episodes more fun um, give us feedback. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. And then uh, feel free to email me, jonathan at geekscape.net. Let me know what you think of the episodes. Um, Ian's on Twitter at... Ian L. Kerner. Ian L. Kerner. You guys can tweet at him. And he's also hanging out on the on the Facebook sometimes. Um, but I love having all of these episodes because he's dropping knowledge on me that is awesome. I'm going to go watch uh, Clone Wars and Rebels now. Um, I've been finishing up The Witcher which I love. I'll start soon. You'll dig that. Um, Waiting for the wife. And Geeks gave us um, anything else. We're going to give it to you in 2020. So this is a fun way to close out 2019. See you in the next decade. Geeks gave us. This is the way. Geeks forever. You're listening to the Geeks Network.